welcome to the Better Saber podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. Welcome to the pod, Tracy. Uh, or as your fans know you, Debt Free Diva. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> um, we've also got Jade, our financial advisor. We do. We do. Fantastic. Now, before we get into it, it's important to know that this podcast doesn't give financial advice. Investment decisions are very important. And if you need help, you should always talk to a financial advisor like Jade. All right, Tracy, let's let's get stuck into the first question. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, who you are and what is Debt Free Diva? I sure can. I love this story. Um, so I, I'm obviously Debt Free Diva. It's a personality that I created, I guess, um, based on my story. So just a bit about me. I opened a company when I was 18. I know, a little crazy. So I ran that for six awesome. years quite successfully, but unfortunately um, I did have to close the doors at the end of that six years uh, and came away with $94,000 worth of consumer debt to my name. So uh, on 21% interest averaging, so that's that was great. Uh, went to an insolvency officer and the ramifications of bankruptcy were just, no thanks, not for me. Yep. So worked really hard and paid back all $94,000 plus interest yep. in three years. And then a year later, bought my first house. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. What, what a journey. While you were in debt, was your just number one priority to get out of it as fast as possible? Or did you also start investing while you were paying off your debt? Um, my priority. So my financial background just just to give a bit more context around the story mm. i knew how to spend money i was very good at it obviously mm. had no idea about anything else to do with finances whatsoever yeah. so i didn't know about you know i had this ideal that investing as such uh men in suits who have a million dollars that are creating more millions of dollars so i there was no background there so when I started the debt-free journey, um, I wasn't, there was no forward thinking about investment. Yeah. I was just laser focused. I tell you what, my first interest payment of like three grand for the first month on all that debt, I was like, no, uh-uh, not happening. I need to get on with this. So I was, I just became laser focused on paying off the debt. And once I started, it just snowballed. It was out of control yeah. and I got on a roll and unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which way you look at it, um, investing didn't even factor into the picture yeah. just yet, yeah. not until the last year, I'd say. Okay. And so just, just to um, just to clarify, so on, on one hand, you were running a business that was doing quite well and, and making some cash, but then in, in your the other part of your life, you were accruing consumer debt how, how how was it sort of um were the lines between the two blurred or was there a distinct making money through your business and then accruing debt through your personal? So, so the business wasn't making money uh the it was a bad business model the way that it was set mm -hmm. up yeah um every time i had more coming in sure. my overheads would just increase so the business right. never actually broke even 
I was just really passionate about it. So I just kept putting more and more and, you know, underwriting and personally guarantoring more and more and more. um, Yeah. Until we got to the end and there was no resources available for more funds and I wasn't making money and yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. How did it, you know, when you started your, your journey, you know, right at the beginning when you realized that, you know, well, not realized, but when you got to the point where you're like, wow, I've, I've got a substantial amount of debt. How, how did that feel? Um, what was the effect on your on your mental health and general well-being? Um, so I cried for like three days, yeah. I think, <laughs> to start with, um, <laughs> especially when, yeah, especially when mm. I went to the insolvency officer and I was like, what have I done with my life? So from a mental health perspective, I was low. I was, I was, mm. I was rock bottom. It sucked. Having all this debt, like just, I would have sleepless nights thinking, how am I going to make that minimum repayment on that card? Or So I had 11 loans and cards to my name at that point. So mentally, I do not wish it on anybody having that much debt. Mm. Yeah. How did you find the motivation when you were like that far down the rabbit hole to say, okay, I get that I'm down here. I get that I've hit rock bottom and I'm struggling. How did you do that? I'm glad you asked. I love this part. So I have a little dog. Her name is Teddy. Uh, That's where the diva comes from, the debt-free diva. She's very spoiled. Uh, The insolvency officer that I saw sort of laid it out. Now, this is not – I just want to point out that now that I'm a bit more financially savvy, I think that the lady was trying to pull on my heartstrings. I don't think this is fact. But I was told that I would have to give up Teddy to go bankrupt because she's seen as a luxury item. Like you can't really rent with a dog, all these other things. And I had given up everything else at that point. Like I'd given up my business. I'd given up my lifestyle. I'd given up everything else. And it wasn't my poor dog's fault that I was in debt. Yeah. But honestly, for me, like I know people have kids, right? So they get out of bed and do it for their kids and uh, families, you know, they're looking after their parents. For me, it was my dog. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. fair. I, I feel like Jade can relate to the 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 like lavishing gifts on pets. With <laughs> She's definitely got that in, in her. I am very much the same with my cat, but luckily I haven't managed to get into too much debt. So I haven't needed to think about, I don't know, those hard facts. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered rock bottom. What about the tippity top? When did you feel the best in your financial journey? What was that point? Oh, um, See, this is a toss-up between going unconditional on my house and paying off the debt. Like both of those feelings, once again, I cried for a couple of days, um, but both of those feelings were just astronomical, you know? Yeah. So the house, buying my house, we, um, I obviously had Teddy. We were renting with a dog and we'd just been given notice that the house that we were living in was going up for sale so it was the second time third time sorry that that had happened to me and that's when I was like I'm just going to jump in and buy a house see what I can do see if I can buy something because I can't rent again with a dog because it's really really hard to find a rental with a pet yeah so that's how the house journey sort of propelled forwards I was originally going to wait a little bit longer at xyz um plans changed (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's, that's awesome. Congrats on, you know, on the house as well. It's, it's a, 
it's a great milestone and um, yeah. I speaking of you know houses, most people have some kind of debt, particularly those that hold a mortgage, um, such as yourself when they've purchased a house. Yeah. Are there you know do you, do you see debt as really a do you categorize forms of debt into some forms that you should just avoid at all costs, whilst others may be beneficial or even useful in the wrong in the long run? Um. Yes. And also what I've learned, because um, obviously I interact with a lot of people now about their financial journeys. What I've learned is that it is so different person to person. Mm. So yeah. I think for me or anybody to sit here and say all of this debt is bad and all of this debt is good or um, whatever is wrong because we're all different people, right? Money, like, it's not just black and white is we spend our money based on our values and our beliefs and um, our priorities. And every single person on this planet is different. Yeah. So there's definitely some debts I would avoid at all costs. Um, anything with a 20% interest rate. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. Like even now I um, obviously I've got a mortgage for my house and there's a couple of renovations I want to do. So a friend of mine was like, just get a top off on your mortgage. I'm like, no, 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 no more debt for me. Like, <laughs> so it freaks me out. Um, but on the flip side, I feel that some people, it's unavoidable to be in debt. For I'll, I'll use a car loan as an example. Yep. So sometimes people, you, like you need a car to go to work. And you need to go to work to earn the money to pay for the car. So sometimes they don't have the initial investment to buy the car, to go to the work, to earn the money, to pay for the car. You know what I mean? So yep. in that sense, getting a car loan makes sense. But then you just got to pay it off. Yeah. One of the things that they teach us is that, you know, each financial product is very different. So, yes, there's some types of debt that might be um, more dangerous than others. But at the end of the day, pretty much any type of debt, maybe except for loan sharks, is probably a good idea for someone out there. Yes. Stay away from loan sharks. They're not good. <laughs> they are not good. <laughs> that is not a good form of debt in any way. Anyway. Now, we've talked a lot about debt and kind of spending, but we're, there's also the other side of it, which is the investing side. Obviously, you're doing that now. You mentioned that. Um, but we are particularly interested in the KiwiSaver because we're a KiwiSaver. So while you were paying off your debt, I'm quite interested to know, were you still contributing to your KiwiSaver fund? Yes. So um, when I was running my business, I didn't put all that much into KiwiSaver. Don't yell at me. Um, so <laughs> I started my debt-free journey with about seven grand in there. Um, but then while I was working, I chose not to go on a contributions holiday I could well for some reason I'd ended up on a contributions holiday before I started working I, mm. I don't I don't actually know how I did that or what I did um so I came off that and for the pure fact I I at the time I wasn't like oh I'm gonna use it for my house it was like I sort of need this reserve because when I went into debt um the financial person I went to go see said oh can you withdraw from KiwiSaver as hardship but I didn't I had seven thousand dollars in there like what's that gonna do when you've got 94 grand like that's ridiculous so in my mind I was like well I'm not gonna miss an extra three percent plus my 
employer obviously is giving 3%. I also didn't know about the free contribution, the government contribution uh, at the time. I, I knew nothing about Kiwi. I was also in a default fund, naughty, eh? Very naughty. We've all been yeah. So I, I was, I had KiwiSaver and everything while I was working and doing everything that I did to pay off the debt, I was putting 3% in that KiwiSaver sure. fund. Yeah. And um, just to clarify for our listeners, um, when you contribute 3% to your KiwiSaver fund, if you are employed, your employer is required to match that 3% either into your KiwiSaver fund or into another qualifying superannuation scheme. And uh, the free money from the government that Tracy was talking about is um, the government contribution of up to $521 a year. Very nice. Thank you, thank you Jade. Yeah, getting, getting in those details. <laughs> I love it. Um, where, where did you learn what you now know about, um, you know, finance? Was it, you know, were there some early uh, learnings at school um, or was it sort of later on in life, you know, books, YouTube, online, parents? Where, yeah, where did you get that kind of info? Well, I went to university. I did a year at uni before opening my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to be an accountant. Right. And then realized I can't study. I, I'm just not. I have far too much energy to sit in a lecture hall and study accounting. So, but that doesn't teach you how to save or anything, right? That just teaches you balance sheets and trial balances and GST returns and the likes. In terms of like real finance, I I went to the library. So when I started my debt-free journey, library's free. It doesn't cost you anything. I went to the library and I just got out so many books on how to pay off debt, how to save money, how to be better with money. And I just, I started reading, honestly started reading. Um, When I started side hustling, so I I was working up to seven jobs at one point. I, one of them was Uber Eats delivery. So I started listening to podcasts and stuff like that while I was delivering people's food. Um, You know, I've always wondered because I listen to the podcast very loudly in my car and sometimes people are waiting when I deliver the food. So they must be able to hear what I can hear. I've always wondered what goes through their mind when this crazy Uber delivery driver rocks up listening to the loudest podcast about finance. <laughs> Maybe it's it like, could encourage some tips. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm like, perhaps, yeah, <laughs> perhaps you shouldn't have ordered Uber Eats four times this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where I really started. I started, I went to the library, I got out some books, they were free. I started listening to podcasts. Um, I didn't really do a lot of YouTubing. Um, yeah. And once again, sitting down and, and Googling and reading Google, I'm not a huge classroom learner, so that wasn't my jam. Do you think that, um, well, actually, let me change the question. What do you think the the best way... Um, would be for New Zealand to improve financial literacy amongst its population? I mean, should we go back to start at school or, you know, is it best at that kind of university age or as we're sort of ent- entering into adulthood? What do you think? Um, well, if we open KiwiSavers when we're born, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot, I have a lot of ideas around different stages of life um, and different advice that we need at those stages of life. So, for example, I remember my last year of high school, I remember doing 
somebody came in to talk to us about budgets or whatever for university students. Now, I went to quite a rural high school and at least 50% of my class were never going to be uni students. They were going to graduate to go work on the farm or become a builder. So where do tradies learn how to live on an apprenticeship? Because, you know, it's not it's not the most richest job in the world um so like yeah I have so many ideas like when you start a trade apprenticeship perhaps one of the modules in your paper needs to be how to survive Hmm. on you know how to buy your tools um high school I definitely think as kids uh get to the last stages of high school learning all about KiwiSaver and how to buy a house obviously house prices in New Zealand um, is a whole nother podcast that we could talk about. But to get on the ladder, you've got to start early, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so while you're at high school working, because I worked while I was at high school and I came out of high school with like $0 in savings because that little part-time job that I was working, I was spending left, right and center because I don't like, what else are you meant to do with it, right? Yeah. So while you don't need the money, why not? do something with it yeah it's very hard isn't it to at that age to get a clear idea of what those small savings could become if you um you know work them over time um so yeah getting getting in i like your idea of yeah different stages of life require different um forms of education and um yeah people need different kinds of assistance as they work through their life and i like that um your ideas both involve structuring it explicitly into secondary and tertiary education systems. Mm. I think that's a good way to try and catch as many people as possible. But um, obviously people are still slipping through the cracks. I think back to my high school days and I actually went to a really great high school with a lot of funding and we still really didn't get that much financial education. Um, But, you know, here I am now as a financial advisor. Right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, but for the people out there that they're sitting there listening to this podcast thinking, I really don't know where to start. I really want to implement some of these strategies, but we've talked about so much today. Is there like one thing that you'd really say start here? Um, my biggest thing is write down your goal and put it on the damn wall. So people don't know where to start because they don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all very well. Uh, I can say to somebody, what's your financial goal? And they say, I want to be rich. And I'm like, what's the number? You can't just say you want to be rich. Like, what, what's the number or what? Or I've dealt with people that are like, I just want to be comfortable. I'm like, okay, what's the number? You, you know, find your goal, no matter how big or small. Like my debt-free goal, I had so many people that were like, oh my God, it's never going to happen. I put it up on the wall. I have all sorts of colorful ch- charts and stuff. And yeah then you then you work backwards to make it happen yeah to start because if you know where you're going then you know where the start line is yeah very true and um statistics show that you're more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down and if you share them with other people which clearly you're doing both of those things yeah Yeah. (laughs) science back solutions to um to wrap things up if our listeners want to hear more from you where where can they find you Oh, I'm everywhere. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so I run an Instagram and Facebook social media page uh, called Debt Free Diva NZ, where I do exactly that. So I break down 
what I'm doing with my finances, what my goals are. So I'll post my goals each month. I'll post every Monday, I post what side hustles I've done for the week before to give people ideas. Um, Tuesdays, I post my grocery spend from the week before, including a menu, you know, eating well on on a budget and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, social media. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a website as well that you can jump in on and read all my blogs. So I release a blog once a fortnight, once a month. Yep. Yeah. Come check me out. Brilliant. Yeah. Be part of the diva posse. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast, Tracy. It's been a real pleasure just talking to you and hearing about your journey. Um, that's been, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, if you, yeah, if you want to know more information, make sure you um, check out Tracy on her various social channels. And a reminder that Better Saver is here to help you find a better KiwiSaver fund through our online fund finder, backed by experts like Jade. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to hear us cover off in future podcasts, please hit us up at hello at bettersaver.co.nz. And for more info, check us out at bettersaver.co.nz. Thanks very much.